Hi, everybody. Welcome to the B2B Sales Podcast. I'm Skip Miller. And I'm Thibaut Suiris. Every two weeks, we're going to be interviewing thought leaders, experts, and top performers in B2B sales. And every other week, we'll share tactical tips and insights on how to start conversations, generate opportunities, and close deals faster. We're on a mission to change the way people see sales. As you know, sales is a profession that is one of the most rewarding ever. Yet people are afraid to try or really extend themselves. And this isn't really good. This podcast is brought to you by Sales Labs and M3 Learning. If you want to attend the recording of the podcast episodes and ask your questions to the guests, you can join the Selling Advantage community. It's a $25 a month subscription where you get access to a community of B2B salespeople, exclusive events, and tactical resources to help you close bigger deals faster. Join today and get one month for free at www.sellingadvantage.io. So get ready for your dose of sales wisdom, tools, and tactics, and enjoy the show. Welcome everyone to this new episode of the B2B Sales Podcast. Today, I'm uh, receiving Julius Goldner to talk about uh, building and updating a clear ICP and buyer personas. So Julius, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for having me. Hey, good to see you. Yeah, good to see you too. Uh, so you're sporting a nice cap from Artist I see, uh, which is your conference uh, you're doing in October. So pretty excited about that. But we're going to talk today about uh, buyer personas in ICP, which is very important. Often it's seen as a topic that is not the funniest topic to do uh, because, you know, it's kind of like prep work and not directly in the action of prospecting, but it's super important. For me, that's really the core of making sure you have the right messaging. But before we dive into that, can you tell us a bit more about you, who you are and what's your background? Yes, uh, sure, I can do this. Um, my background is I'm coming from the B2C side. So first uh, was at McKinsey, consulting insurances and banks, then went to Zalando in the very early days, built up Zalando together with the two founders until IPO. Um, after IPO left the company, Thibault started my first own company focusing on B2B. And uh, since then, co-founded uh, in total, I think, 12 own companies over the last eight years. And additionally, I'm investing into B2B SaaS, helping early stage teams in building their, their sales engines, finding their product market fit, and scaling from, let's say, zero to five, 10 million ARR, like early stages. Okay. Okay. Nice. That's a pretty cool uh, a sweet spot to be in because uh, I guess once you reach these five, 10 million, then uh, it's starting to be very interesting. And if you have some uh, some equity already in the company, that's uh, that's a good thing to let people take care of that. And then you go and start the new one. So that's cool. Exactly. It's, a, it's high risk, but it's also like big fun. I think it's like the expiration phase, I always call it. Yeah. Uh, so really finding PMF, whom to sell to, how to get communication right. I think it's like uh, what, what's, what's fun, what I really like. Absolutely. And so one of the very important things there is to find your, I guess, product market fit. Um, and one thing for that is to make sure you find people who actually can sell to, who kind of go into, you know, let's say a, a group of similar people with similar problems. So if you could tell me, you know, what's the difference between ICP, so ideal customer profile and buyer persona would be really amazing. <laughs> So I think, first of all, there is no worldwide definition for this. So there is always an individual perspective. Usually, if I talk about ICP, I talk about companies. Yeah. So what are companies I like to sell to? 
and it's usually defined probably by criteria as industry, um, size of the company, so small, small or medium-sized businesses, mid-market or enterprise, and a couple of other factors which go into this. And the buyer persona is, as it's named, the persona level. So mm -hmm. who is the natural person in the ICP, within the ICP who is responsible either for the buying decision itself or could also be like the champion you first like to talk to and who is then giving you transparency about other people involved. Yeah? Okay. Okay. I see. So ICP company by persona is more the individual inside of the, the company, right? Yes. Yes. So this is like how I define it for myself, but as I said, probably there are many more definitions outside. Okay. And so what are the steps you, you take to, let's say right now I have a, not really, let's not say I have a product, but I have an assumption on the market mm -hmm. and I want to validate it. So how am I going to build my ICP and my buyer persona? So I think first of all, you will, you will probably build hypothesis about this if you have an idea about a market and a solution. Yeah. So you're, you saw a problem somewhere, you maybe have industry knowledge. Uh, so th there are some hypotheses you're having. Mm -hmm. And usually the ICP hypothesis about the ICP are quite clear, yeah, because you probably have an industry you like to work in, or you have a problem focusing for enterprise. So this is a little bit more the, the easier part. Nevertheless, the solution you have in mind could also be valid for other ICPs, other industries, maybe, or other segments within an in, in vertical. So what I would always recommend in a super early stage is um, doing interviews with potential buyers, with industry experts, prospects, and if you're like maybe having first pilot customers, also with your pilot customers after signing and people who you were talking to and uh, rejected and not signed um, to really understand them. Yeah? So this, this is my, would be my advice in the super early stage. And we can talk about like how to do this and like what's important there, but uh, yeah, this would be definitely is a necessity. Okay. Okay. I see. I love the, you know, if I can pause on the interview part, I think it's, it's a really interesting thing because um, a lot of founders, what they do is they have a product or business idea and they kind of fall in love with this idea. And then they kind of go and they think, you know, their job is to convince people. There's a saying in sales, which I think is a bit wrong is uh, sales is about transfer of emotions. And so for me, I think people just founders take this sentence and like, oh, that's great. And then they go and they get super excited and they just yeah. transfer this emotion to people who couldn't care less you know, about their stuff. What they care people is the problem and how you can solve it for them. And so what I found is the interview process is a really good way to go without a product. You go to people who you want to go after and then you interview them and validate uh, what are the assumptions you have. And one question I love asking is, uh, is there anything I should have asked that I didn't ask? So that I found is a great question because then you are, people th then start thinking and very often what they'll tell you is they'll tell you stuff they don't even want to tell uh, or even didn't even think about. And that's really where the truth often lies if your product or your idea is something good or not. Yes, I absolutely agree. And I see I see a lot of similarities people between sales process, yeah, qualifying a prospect and qualifying uh, buyer personas yeah? because uh, it's also bad if you're like a rep telling 80% about the product without asking qualification costs and qualifying a product will never work yeah? and mm. same could happen as a founder like talking about your idea what you want to do about your product without listening to the market what their needs and pain points are so exactly as you say and this is also something you can do wrong in interviews it's about 
asking yes or no question interviews. Yeah, would you like this feature or would you like this idea? Yeah, difficult for the other person to say no. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. more about really exploring needs and pain points. So if I go into buyer interviews, the, the overall goal is like I need to understand first the, the, the overall pain points of my buyer persona. And of course, a prioritization of them because the product or solution I, I'm building could be relevant for a problem, problem of my buyer persona, but the problem could be on, let's say priority 20. Yeah? So I'm solving yeah. still a problem, but it's not important really to solve it. Yeah? So what I would do is like really going with open-ended questions, like what, how questions and like not asking about my idea. It's more asking mm -hmm. about like their potential pain points and motives. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, open-ended question. That's a really, really good one. Um, yeah, what I found also is, is if you come with a product idea and you just go and, and, you know, as you said, and you go and present the idea, people often are just, okay, best way for me to get rid of this person is to say their business idea is great, you know? And so what they do is say, oh yeah, it's great. Good idea. I would use it. And so fun is it's never really, you really a good idea on that. Another thing I found, so, you, you know, I'm, I'm a partner for proactive selling. So I'm working with Skip Miller on that and we have mm -hmm. a, a thing a concept we use which is above the line and below the line so we use yeah. above the line buyers and below the line buyers do you add this kind of differentiation to your buyer personas where if you go to a company there's going to be one person who's going to be more your technical user buyer and the other person will be your fiscal financial buyer and these people often have different uh, motivations so do you also use that in your methodology yes i think a similar in a similar way yeah so from my point of view first it's a very big difference if you have smb sales where they're usually if one decision maker one buyer persona or enterprise where many people are involved as you said you yeah? so there's a champion and cfo needs to give the budget ceo needs to give his consent and then tech needs to say okay and data security is also involved and hr maybe also yeah so different different context nevertheless you, you of course can have different buyer persona within one icp Mm -hmm. So you, can, you could have a product which at a 50 people company could be interesting for the CEO, but on the same side could be interesting for the head of sales. And yeah. these two people have different motives and different pain points. Uh, and, and this is exactly the thing. Yeah? You need to explore the different rationals, the different motivations, why they could buy. And if you have them, you need to map your product solution or your solution to their pain. Mm -hmm. And just if you if you know this, then yeah, it could be there are different buyer personas within one ICP. This is definitely true it can happen. Okay. Okay. And so one mistake I've seen often uh, a, a lot of reps do. So when they go to a company, you have the onboarding and sometimes they have these uh, ICP and buyer persona that are defined. Often they're not really defined super clearly. And uh, what you see is that they will use something that is one to two years old. And so in startups and, you know, when, Basically, in 2022, things are going super fast. Everything's changing always super quickly. So what you find is that the uh, ICP and buyer personas are often wrong because they're based on old hypotheses and assumptions. So how do you avoid that? Like, what, what would be a, a good schedule to kind of review your buyer personas and ICP? I think this is a constant uh, process, to be very honest. Like, if you take an early stage startup or grown up or fast scaling thing, and you just take a look on the product side, how fast at this stage is the product is developing yeah? and how, how, how different things the product is step-by-step -step solving. Yeah? So you, you, you open different value pools, you solve different problems. So it's definitely necessary to also re-question your buyer personas. So maybe the old ones are not the right ones again. Yeah? Maybe new buyer personas are adding. So 
so the product becomes more mature. Um, so from my point of view, it's super important to do, to do this on a constant basis, also to gain information for your product development so that your product is developing in the right direction. So um, first two years, would do it on a frequent on a on a frequent basis and would also repeat this user interviews or uh, potential user interviews, even if it's a bit of uh, boring and I know it's pain. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no one yeah. really likes it, but I think it's um, it's a big it's big need. Okay, so yeah, reviewing that regularly. For me, what I've I found is that I work mostly with uh, uh, teams of you know ten to twenty five SDRs, mm -hmm. and very often you know I recommend doing it every three months. Um, because you can have an idea of the type of company you want to work with, but then you can have different strategies, bottom-up, top-down. There's a different kind of inference or strategies you can use where um, you try, for example, to post on LinkedIn to talk you know, to below-the-line buyers or to individual contributors, and then some people will like your post, and then you can use these likes to start and engage, uh, start conversations and engage with people who are below the line or above the line. So I found that it's a really interesting exercise and I'm, I'm curious to know if, if you've also uh, seen that where very often what you get is you have a company and they say, okay, we're going to go after this type of business mm -hmm. and this type of, you know, or, or this type of ICP and this type of buyer persona. And then you ask, you know, 10 or 15 SDRs to build individually an ICP matrix and the buyer persona. And what's going to happen is that everyone has different answers. Have you seen these kind of things where people just don't get what they should go after? Yeah, definitely. And um, it's, it's, I think most of the time a leadership, a leadership problem. Yeah? So if in leadership, you do not really understand the importance of the concept of ICPs and buyer personas, which should be the starting point for communication, which should be yeah, like uh, linked to the pain points. Also, of course, like the channels you are using to reach out to your buyer personas and also like, let's say, lead gen, the data uh, to, to reach your, your buyer personas. I think if this is not working, there's not a clear path and clear leadership, this happens. Yes, there's too much free play in the team. Yeah. And then usually it becomes very fuzzy and uh, at the end, performance goes down. Yeah? Absolutely. And one thing also, let's say, if you have common mistakes, you see when, for example, you have a founder starting to build the ICP and buyer persona, what would be these, these common <laughs> mistakes, for example? Uh, so, so I think self-bias is the first thing, yeah? So you build your hypothesis for ICPs and buyer personas, and then you really stick to it, yeah? Even if the market gives signals that they are not right, or you frame your questions and in interviews uh, exactly the, the way in yes or no question that the other one's like, okay, it's a, it's a founder, he's starting a business, I will not give him an honest answer, I just answer the question with yes. Yeah? So yeah. Uh, too, too really believing too much in the own ICPs is a problem. Um, I think also like, not talking to different groups yeah so talking to existing customers the easiest thing they converted already yeah but there is a, probably a big bunch of 80 to 90 percent of uh, customers who not converted mm -hmm. so it's super important to understand okay why did my service or product not fix their pain point yeah, yeah. why did when it did not that so this is usually also not happening because it's also painful yeah so yeah. people tell you why you are not cool people tell you why they said no to you uh, so it's not nice um then the point you mentioned, Tibor, of course, like a constant review of this things um, to get it to, to keep it up to date. And then, of course, you need to really bring this ICPs and byproducts to the organization and you need to ensure that the organization is using them because if they are not doing it, then the whole exercise was for, for the garbage. Yeah? <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. One thing I've also noticed is that um, um, 
So for me, I think, you know, so it depends. Sometimes I talk with founders. So I have like a, a bunch of programs where I help, uh, you know, with early stage founders, you know, people who are in seed or pre-seed or just got an idea. And often, you know, it's just like 60 to 70% of people should just, you know, ditch the idea or completely pivot because often they have a product and the product is just like, there's no way no one's going to actually make a business out of this. Yeah. And so that's what I see, for example, a lot of companies uh, that have kind of, uh, a lot of founders have strong ideas around how to protect the environment or to help climate. But then the it just does, it's, it doesn't make any sense because they're like, okay, I'm going to, for example, today I received a, a, an email for someone saying, hey, do you want to plant trees? So planting trees and offsetting carbon is actually a very good idea. But just the way the message was done and the business was just, hey, give me money so I can plant trees. For me, I'm like, that's great. But, you know, my business is not really about planting trees. It's about doing some other things. So what you see is that often people will go create some ICP based on their friends or two people they talk to. And the idea is that there's not going to be a pool of people who is, that is big enough or a pool of companies that is big enough for them to make a business that is repeatable and scalable. So do you have any, any tips on how to test your ICP and be like, okay, this is not just an idea I have based on the kind of echo chamber I have around me, but more on, on a real market? Yeah, I think the, it's a two-dimensional thing, yeah, like uh, number of number of ICPs and like how much how many of them would use it. So of course, market size in general is a is a is a thing you need to take into account. And as we already discussed, Tibor, I think you need to really find out if your product or expected product or desired service really fixes a problem or addresses the pain point. So, and this, if this is the truth within a certain market, then the question is, okay, how many ICPs are there in Germany, DAF, Europe, or worldwide? Mm -hmm. And then you can make the exercise if this is really a big case. If you really find out, if you're honest to yourself and you find out that the problem you're solving is low priority or even not existing, uh, then uh, I would probably try to work on the product and on the service. Uh, mm -hmm. and, see if this is this is fitting taking taking your example with the trees i think it's a nice solution but the pain point for you is probably not you want to plant trees yeah so maybe you have employees and for them employer branding with sustainability is important mm -hmm. yeah so yep. your pain point would be like showing to potential employees that you're doing something sustainability yeah yeah or you need to report after esg standards and you need mm -hmm. carbon offsite so your pain point will be Okay, I need to off, uh, offset. Yeah, I need to yeah. offset. So you have the same product, still the trees. Yeah. But you're addressing the right pain points. Yeah. yeah. So, but for this, I need to understand what are your pain points, Tibor? Yeah? Is it yeah. poor branding, recruiting, uh, ESG? You know. So, um, yeah. I think yeah, this is this is how the, the game works. It's so fun because when you talk with people who started twelve companies in eight years or who you know have entrepreneurial experience, they get it. Most people don't get it where they're like, hey, I need to sell this offset solution or whatever. And the thing is, people often are, like we use, we say in, in, in proactive selling, they're a solution looking for a problem. And so the idea is, is if you go with your solution, your product, and say, hey, buy this because, you know, it's cool or whatever, it doesn't work. You talked about attracting employees who are, uh, you know, who, who they care for, like ESG initiative or in ESG regulation you have to have. Or yes. you have to have because people are traveling a lot. These are, you know, the pain points we have. So for me, you know, I don't have employees or I basically don't travel a lot. So it's not something I, I'm, you know, I have a big pain point on. But if I had a lot of employees and they're traveling and their carbon, you know, the carbon footprint of the company is huge. And I know within five years, I'm going to have to pay 
a huge amount of money because of that, this is an interesting problem. So what you talked about is, I think really the outcome that your solution is, is bringing. And I think that's the only thing that matters for people in, in B2B and in general is that, you know, they go after the outcomes that really matter for them. And, you know, talking about problems and the symptoms of these problems is very important. I think that's a, a really good like learn, a lesson you, you gave here that it's really about the outcome and what people can do with your solution and not just about the solution itself. 100 percent and uh, this is also what i see a lot of times doing getting wrong with icp so i see a lot of buyer personas and templates where there's age and this guy potentially buys a zara and does four times sports yes ex explanatory factor super nice mm -hmm. but the most important thing on a buyer persona template is what kind of pains does this persona has yeah and yep. which which pain could i address with my solution and this is like the most important thing you need to find out in interviews uh, and, and like in really open honest interviews uh, but this is usually what's not on the on the template yeah mm -hmm. so nice marketing sheets and this is but this is what the starting point for also all your communication email outbound linkedin outbound video prospecting you know like you need to address this pain point yeah and not and not talking about 80 percent about your solution exactly and if you go to any website you know, like uh, may, even very famous software as a service or whatever, you'll see this language where they're like, we do more of this and we, you know, like you can, you're going to get more money, you're going to get more for positive feedback and whatever. And we use, we call that the uh, towards language. So you have towards and away language mm -hmm. and you have, you have this positive focused language and the more negative focused language. And often the problem language is much more powerful. And that's what is funny. You know, I always take that when I train students, I say, go to your website and tell me what's the language. And very often it's always marketer's language, which is just very fairy tales. And you know how, when you use our solution, suddenly everything's great. And often it's just not the case. People have a problem and you solve a part of the problem, not all of the problem, but that's often enough, you know? So I think that's uh, that's also a good lesson here. Yeah, use our use our software and your life becomes better, yeah? The... yeah. I mean, <laughs> never happens like that. <laughs> yeah, 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 very true. Yeah. Anyway, let's talk about your conference. So um, you have some exciting thing coming in uh, in October. So tell us a bit more about artists. Really excited to know about that. Yeah, artists uh, written with ARR. I think the idea behind is that I see a lot of teams and, and and early stage, but also later stage founders who are facing the same problems, like exactly the things we are discussing here. Yeah, and uh, different to USA where there is SaaS GR or UK with SaaS Doc. We don't have a we don't have a platform in, in German speaking markets for exchange, yeah, for like exchanging experience, like uh, best practices, but also failures. So the idea in October is bringing together uh, 350 founders and top level executives from SaaS companies, mm -hmm. and also like 50 to 100 uh, VCs and investors, and just creating a platform for exchange. Yeah, and uh, it's happening in Berlin, 6th of October. Uh, we are. I think uh, almost sold out uh, the couple of tickets left, which can only be uh, purchased via direct contact. So if someone is interested, just write me an email on LinkedIn. Um, yeah, and I hope, I mean, you will be there, Tivo, yeah, giving a masterclass. I think super, super cool. And uh, first year project so far, I think we have product market fit. There is a pain, yeah. Uh, yeah. There is a pain and we are, our solution probably serves this pain. So there will be a second uh, second uh, one next year for sure. Yeah. And I think that's that's really, really cool to see that because you approached me and it was really early on. And I was like, yeah, great, great idea. And you really delivered on getting the speakers, getting the uh, the investors, getting like the, the founders, getting the sponsor. So I think that's uh, really well executed here. 
And that's the second part of, uh, you know, when you have the market fit, then you have to have the team that's going to deliver it. So I think that's uh, another important thing. And uh, no, so, so that's, I'm very excited to go and give this masterclass. And I guess most people will have to wait for another year because as you said, it's kind of sold out. So we're just uh, creating some hype and uh, some uh, exclusivity here. So that's uh, that's pretty cool. Yeah, uh, everyone is, is, is still invited. We, um, yeah, we hope to have everyone around latest next year. Um, if you're really on short notice, uh, let me know. And uh, looking forward to go to have a, at least a, a beer at the evening after after everything is done. Yeah? Absolutely. And so Julius, one last thing, where can people get uh, in touch with you if they have uh, questions for you? I think best way will be for first touch point LinkedIn. Uh, mm -hmm. Just connect and write me a message. I try to uh, I try to answer as fast as possible and probably switch the conversation then then to WhatsApp. Mm -hmm. uh, just to let you know, guys, I'm becoming a father in a week. So maybe if I don't answer in the next five to 10 days, please excuse myself. But I will definitely take care of every message. And uh, yeah, um, hope to see you. Hope to see you soon. Congrats on uh, becoming a father. And uh, yeah, thanks for coming on the show, Julius. Thank you very much for the invite. Highly appreciate it, Thibault. It was big fun. Thanks for listening to that episode. If you like what you hear and you want to explore more, I invite you to join the Selling Advantage community. It's a paid community we're running with Skip Miller, where you're going to get access to a content library with training, checklists, and exclusive resources. You'll also get access to our experimentation swipe file and a Discord group with 150 Texas people. We also have online events where we invite special guests, a regular Ask Us Anything, and our content is focused on sales for North America and EMEA. If you want to check it out, go to sellingadvantage.io or click on the link in the show notes and you'll be able to sign up. 